Hi, I'm Claudia Rupnik, the news editor at the Queen's Journal. How to Be a Student is the podcast where guests from the Queen's community read back some of our favorite postscripts. In today's episode, we'll hear Evelyn Poole reading Jamie Urbanek's postscript called Entering the Lion's Den of Residential Kingston, which was first published on January 18th, 2019. Evelyn is a fourth-year life-size student who uses she-her pronouns. During her time at Queen's, she's been an orientation coordinator for ASSA's Orientation Week and has been involved with Get Real. She likes to spend her spare time dancing in the kitchen to Sigrid's classic Don't Feel Like Crying, even before the pandemic. Entering the Lion's Den of Residential Kingston, Starting an Accidental Feud with Local Resident by Jamie Urbanek. Getting too comfortable in your environment is a sin. After a run-in with a local Kingston resident, I realize that's for a good reason. After three years in Kingston, I'll admit my cockiness has the tendency to get the better of me. I tend to forget I live in a real town and not in a student jungle gym. My most recent wake-up call involved a pylon, a fiat, and an angry elderly Kingstonian. My friend Eli and I had given a presentation in one of our classes and were hungover after a night out. However, our success after presenting in a less than refined state was all the more satisfying. Flying high on our ridiculous achievement, we bought a couple of lattes in celebration. On our walk back to Eli's parked car, both of us mulling over the events of our night out, we were stopped in our tracks by an unlikely enemy, a large orange pylon. The two of us were well acquainted with this pylon for the past two weeks, we'd return to Eli's parking spot to find a pylon in front of the car blocking our exit. I told Eli I was tired of the pylon blocking our exit every day. She agreed, and I offered a suitable solution to our problem. Let's just take it. I'm not historically known for good ideas. When my older sister complained to me about her loose tooth many years ago, my instinct was to hit her in the face with my makeup Mindy doll to knock it out. Years later, in elementary school, I told my teacher a kid had injured himself so she'd leave the room and I could steal candy from her desk. I thought placing the pylon in the back of Eli's car would make me a hero for the second time in my life. Laughing harder than was appropriate, we drove away with our new suburban souvenir in the back seat, stashing it in a city park. Later that day, Eli parked in the same spot with no issue. After class finished, we went to Eli's car and I appreciated leaving without the pylon in our way. As Eli started the engine, we watched an elderly woman leave her front door. She walked down her steps, pulled out her iPhone, and began taking pictures of us. She rudely didn't even bother to snap my side profile, which is my good side. Once she had enough of those, she snapped close-ups of Eli's license plate. When she finished taking pictures, the woman made eye contact with us and made an I'm watching you, gesture with her fingers. She returned to her house, passing a sign on her mailbox that read, You've entered the lion's den. Mouths agape, Eli and I looked at each other. The woman's entrance to the street, photo shoot, and exit into her house had taken about 30 seconds altogether, but it felt like the longest half minute of my life. Is this about the pylon? Eli asked. Oh my god, it's her pylon. We had to get it back to her, but there was a problem. We lost it. Eli quickly made the connection between our earlier theft and the unusual behavior. We'd stolen this elderly Kingstonian's pylon. 
the easy solution would be to simply return the pylon to where it belonged and flee. Unfortunately, we couldn't remember where we'd stashed it. Facing a predicament, we drove to every park in Kingston, searching for the pylon. How we forgot which park we dropped it off at, I couldn't tell you. But with a little bit of luck, and on our third location of the day, we found it. Convinced this woman already had the cops tracking Eli's Fiat, we were terrified this pylon would get us thrown in jail. We pulled it together and devised a game plan. We'd drop the pylon off near the woman's house, telling her we'd moved it up the road to allow cars to pass. Before parting ways with our pylon, we did take several pictures with it in the parking lot for evidence of the showdown. On a post-hangover rush of adrenaline and caffeine, we approached the woman's door. We rang the doorbell several times with no answer, and we were ready to give up when we heard a woman yelling and swearing at her husband on the other side of the door. Hopeful that we'd finally come face to face with her, and also gravely terrified, we knocked on the door again. After a solid 45 seconds of trying to open the door from the inside, the woman poked her head out. Yes? she asked. Eli and I braced ourselves and said, We're the people you were taking pictures of. We just wanted to let you know that we'd only moved your pylon down the road to move it out of traffic. It's just a couple houses over. The woman looked over to try and spot the pylon. When she did, her face immediately beamed. Oh my, she responded. Thank you very much. My mistake. I thought you two were thieves, but as it turns out, you're humanitarians. My heart rate dropping, I wondered if she believed our story, though I quickly moved on. I figured it didn't matter either way. Thank you for making sure I knew where it was, girls, the woman continued. I'll be sure to delete those photos. She entered her house and closed the door behind her. Eli and I stared at each other in disbelief and walked back to the car in silence. As we drove home, Eli and I agreed she certainly wasn't deleting the photos. Now, weeks later, I've had sufficient time to reflect on the teachable moments of this messy situation. The incident taught me that, quite shockingly, there are repercussions for theft. I also learned the importance of keeping track of my belongings at all times, especially if they're not actually mine. I also realized that a higher power will punish you for going to class hungover. Most importantly, I discovered how easily Queen students can forget that this town we live in isn't our playground. Kingston is, in fact, a real town filled with real people. Before you go stealing a pylon from a residential neighborhood out of pride, remember you're in someone else's home. And it's illegal to steal things. Watch how you treat the oft-overlooked town around us. You never know, a moment of glory could have you entering the lion's den. That was Evelyn Poole reading Jamie Urbanek's postscript, Entering the Lion's Den of Residential Kingston. Let's hear the headlines. This week, the AMS shared greater detail about its plan to compensate students for consultations with the society. Ontario University Athletics and Canada's governing body of university sport, U-Sports, announced Thursday afternoon that university sports are cancelled for winter 2021. For features, Carolyn Svonkin spoke with Queen's two new sexual violence prevention and response hires after a year of tumultuous policy debates. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. We'd also like to thank Queen's alumna Devin Cole for letting us use her new single July for the whole year, which is now available for streaming. When you said you like me best in blue, I saved that very sundress for you. For when you found your way back to me.
How to Be a Student is a Queen's Journal podcast directed by Claudia Ripnick, produced by Lauren Thomas and Francesca Lim, and executive produced by Rachel Heisinga and Matt Scase. Try to keep you here, July for the whole year.